Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled, The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. And we've just finished up on what I call the five essentials for the Family Bible Revolution, and they are as follows. First, family worship is the focus of God's Word being presented and discussed in the household on a regular basis. We had a great time and many days of discussing that subject. Second, authority is what establishes the responsibility and brings respect and honor. Third, appointed and anointed speaks of calling, gifting, and the God-given ability to fulfill that call for family worship. And then generational, the fourth, speaks of the strength and energy of the young and the wisdom and the fortitude of the old together. And as we studied in the Word all throughout the Bible, the assembly of the saints included all generations. And finally, fifth, corporate worship speaks of the importance of the Sabbath and our gathering unto him in the beauty of holiness. And we discussed how beautiful it is in the assembly of the saints, gathering unto him in worship, in prayer, in the study of the word, and in our giving in service and financially to support the kingdom of God on the earth. And now I want to head into a little bit different of a direction, but with the same theme. And it's in three sections. I call it a family who eats together, second, a family who prays together, and third, a family who fears together. And that fear is a positive fear, not a negative fear. And we'll discuss each one and how they apply to family worship and the family Bible revolution. So first, a family who eats together. What does it mean and what does it produce? In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we read, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. I've always viewed and applied Acts 2.42 for meetings with other ministers. As a pastor, it's important to me that I discuss doctrine and have fellowship with other pastors and preachers. It seems every day there's a new teaching or revelation to discuss, and I believe it's my job to determine whether these discoveries are true or false doctrine. The sheep need protection from the wolves. This is not as easy as it may seem. So to have meaningful theological discussions with ministers I respect and trust is very valuable. Some of these teachings are very dangerous and can cause great damage. Recently, one morning as I was waking up, the Lord impressed upon me that this verse is for the church, the assembly of the saints, and that I needed to take a deeper look into it. I did, and as usual, there's always something to learn. I began with the words, and they, And I stopped and asked the question, well, who are they? 
Come to find out, it was not only the apostles and the total group of 120, as mentioned in chapter 1, but it included the 3,000 souls that had just come to Christ. That's a big they. I read further, continued steadfastly. They, oh my gosh, oh my, they, the 3,000, did not just continue, but continued steadfastly. That's not every now and then. It's not haphazardly. It's not as they got around to it. It was deliberate with faithfulness, with commitment, with purpose, with vision, and knowing its importance for their future success. What did they, the 3,000, dedicate and commit themselves to? Well, four things are mentioned. The Apostles' Doctrine, Fellowship, the Breaking of Bread, and Prayers. And I wanted more information. Maybe I needed to take a new look at these four elements, so I did. The first thing I found instructed me that I needed to incorporate these elements into the life of my congregation, not just in meetings with other ministers. The Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible concerning Acts 2, 42 through 47 says, Leaders, incorporate these four elements into your congregation's life. Believe evangelism will result from a church living in obedience to Jesus' invitations. Evangelism? From discussing doctrine, fellowshipping, eating together and praying? This is important to me because I want my congregation to grow and to reach the lost for Christ. I noticed the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible commentary was also referencing the results in verses 43 through 47, which says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I also saw in verse 46 what continuing steadfastly in verse 42 meant. Continuing daily. They continued daily in the temple and house to house with four things. It was the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. And what were the results? Well, they were the fear of God, many wonders and signs, everybody was together, needs were being met, it was gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God, favor, and evangelism, including church growth. Wow, that's what I want our church to be like. This was the birth of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine, we haven't even reached chapter 3 of Acts. Four things, four elements, four pillars of the church. Then I read another commentary. It was the Bible Knowledge Commentary on Acts 2.42. It said the activity of this early church was twofold. The believers first continued steadfastly, persisting in or continuing in, the apostles' teaching and doctrine. The second was fellowship, which is defined as the breaking of bread and prayer. The omission of and between fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer indicates that the last two activities were apositional apositional to fellowship. Perhaps the breaking of bread included both the Lord's table and the common meal. Well, I had to look up the word apositional. It means having one purpose and one function. So the breaking of bread and prayers work together to complete the one purpose and the one function called fellowship. Oh my, it's not four elements, it's only two elements, with the second element, fellowship, being defined as the breaking of bread and prayers. At this point, 
I'm completely absorbed in my study with the thoughts of wow and questions kept arriving, needing more answers. Does this mean prayer is fellowship? What exactly is the breaking of bread? Should the breaking of bread include prayer? Does fellowship include doctrine? If all of this is true, how do we accomplish this as a church? Should we also be doing the same at home? Well, another commentary called the New American Commentary said this concerning verse 42. In verse 42, the believers are said to have devoted themselves to four practices in their new life together. First was the teaching of the apostles. Just as the apostles had been instructed by Jesus, so they passed along that instruction to the new Christians. This would have included such subjects as his resurrection, the Old Testament scriptures, the Christian witness, and surely their own reminiscences of Jesus' earthly ministry and teachings. The second activity to which they devoted themselves was fellowship. The Greek word used here is koinonia, is one Paul often employed, but it appears only here in all of Luke and Acts. Its basic meaning is association, communion, fellowship, and close relationship. The key may be to see the terms breaking of bread and prayer in apposition to fellowship. The meaning would then be that they devoted themselves to fellowship that was expressed in their mutual meals and in their prayer life together. The fourth and final element of their life together, another expression of their fellowship, was in prayers. Those are great comments out of the New American Commentary. This is awesome. Acts 2.42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's discuss doctrine. I'm always concerned when I hear people, and even pastors, say they don't concentrate on or like to discuss doctrine. They just stick to the basics rather than getting into arguments or bringing up issues that may offend people. This is wrong, dangerously wrong. The definition of doctrine is simply teaching, and in Acts 2.42, the teaching is defined as the apostles' doctrine. Hence, the apostles' doctrine, or teaching, is the first of two elements the church should be doing continually and steadfastly. When we study Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we see that an element may be a good description, but a foundation is even more accurate. Ephesians 2, 19-22 Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Great word. What I find in Acts 2.42 is this. Christianity is all about relationship. Within that relationship, we have the foundation of our doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Paul calls us being members of the household of God. In every essence of the words, members of a household, we are family. We are the family of God. And as the family of God, we first need to be sticklers for doctrine. We need to know it, understand it, discuss it continually, teach it, disciple others with it, evangelize with it, pray with it continually and steadfastly. What would be some very important doctrinal teachings that we must never waver on? Well, here are just a few examples. One, Jesus is the Son of God, manifest in the flesh, out of John 14, 14. Two, 
Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19.10. Three, you must be born again or you will not enter the kingdom of God. John 3.3-5. Four, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. John 14.6. And others would be, Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. He was crucified and he rose from the dead. There is no other name under heaven whereby man may be saved. We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of works, lest any man should boast. God is a God of grace and of righteous judgment. Those who are saved in Christ inherit eternal life, and those who have not repented and received Christ as their Savior inherit eternal punishment in hell. Heaven is real, and heaven is eternal life, and hell is real, and hell is eternal punishment. We should never be afraid of doctrine. We should embrace it. Doctrine's not a dirty word. Rather, it's the first of our foundations in the faith. Once again, we're out of time, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.